Welcome to the Weekly Raw. I'm Grant Bruner. Soy Rob Webster. This is episode 755. With us today is Laughlin. What animal are you thinking about today, Laughlin? It's really hard not to think about a cat, since I have one on my keyboard right now. Very mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Rob, hey. what animal are you thinking of today? Uh, I'm thinking of saving a horse by riding a cowboy. um you know it is it is very difficult to not also go cat because while i was in puerto rico um there were so many fucking cats it was um a lot it was a lot so not only were when i would go to like old san juan um and get a and you know walk around there were just a shitload of cats but also at the hotel like by the pool just a fuckload of cats just so many cats. It is like the number one uh, 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 thing, no, like noteworthy uh, animals in, in Puerto Rico. Cats. Lots of cats. It's funny, you'd think the tourist would just make something off that. Maybe, yeah. Like, hey, come pet our very dirty cats. <laughs> hey, I'm slow. Um, filthy. And, uh, and a co-worker of mine. Just... She's just she's just on the ground with him. She's just rubbing up. I'm like, you're gonna get you're gonna get kennel cough or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is uh, pro- hmm. I don't know if this is the last podcast of the year that we'll do together, but it's certainly one of the last because we are in mid December. Yeah, almost like um, December. Well, yeah, it's almost exactly the midpoint. I think it is exactly the midpoint. Um, um, but anyway, we are we are in December now, um, and so like a lot of of my attention has been turned to game of the year, which we will do. We'll we'll pick, we'll pick a date in January and do up fully. <laughs> um, but it's been uh, it's been a while. Yeah, Rob, have you been playing any video games? Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the new Pokemon games from the popular franchise Pokemon. Oh, a Pokemon came out since last we spoke. Yes. Tell me about your uh, your Scarlet and or Violet experience. It is a Violet experience. I <laughs> spit on the people who chose Scarlet. Um, so does yeah, that include I... your partner? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they like it. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that from the podcast. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it's yeah. It's, it, it does feel strange trying uh, talking about uh, Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet in mid December because it feels like everyone's basically said everything there is to say about it. But uh, I'll give my version. Um, uh, you need to hear it from you. You're the you're 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 the Weekly Roars uh, Pokemon uh, Pokemon expert. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are two video games by Game Freak uh, that were released in uh, November in which you catch M all and uh, they are open world games which it's Game Freak's first uh, open world game and it fucking shows so yeah people have people have made a lot of the number of bugs and the number of not even bugs necessarily just so much as poor performance like I I I didn't tend to encounter bugs so much as 
uh, as it crashes. runs like ass. Yes, crashes and it running like ass. Neither of which are ideal, but it's not like it's not like uh, Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond and uh, Shining Pearl that uh, were very fucking ironically named and came out about a year ago to the uh, day before Scarlet and Violet, and they, they were genuinely quite buggy. Whereas this is just, I would say, struggling on the Switch. You can hear the Switch panting as it tries to run it (laughs) groaning but 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 in this calendar fucking year they shipped a pretty ambitious pokemon game that was not without faults but ran like pretty reasonably well yeah yeah legends arceus yes and it was um yeah and legends arceus (laughs) remains my favorite of the two Uh however i do really like the era that we're in which is the era when you can really tell oh game freak genuinely do care about being this game being as good as it is uh as it can be and the the experience of playing the, like i've historically not been someone who's massively uh performance focused and so maybe i'm not the right person to take this from um but in terms of frustration to having a nice time boy, I was very much more in the having a nice time boy column. Mm-hmm. It's certainly the, the, the level of jank is high enough that yeah. it's like, come on now, guys, this is this is really getting something. But to their credit, you can see where all the care and attention has gone to. You can see that it's feeling more and more like. So, yeah, throughout throughout the previous versions of like throughout previous games. And there was there was a big old furore about Sword and Shield three years ago when they were going oh yeah we're trying to focus on doing animations and stuff like that and we were like really because these seem like the same animations from the 3ds um but now we, we're starting to see that we're seeing like pokemon in the overworld are having swimming animations and then they get up onto the land and they're walking differently and they're sleeping and it feels like actually running across a world of pokemon and the, the times that i was charmed by the things that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet tries to do, massively outnumbered the times when I was like, "Oh fuck, that just crashed." That's genuinely quite upsetting. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's a oh, I really hope you figure this out because I really really like the thing that you're going for, and there are lots of things about the game that are genuinely delightful. So it's a, it's a it's a firm thumbs up in terms of the experience of playing it. The again. Tens of hours that I have spent on it, and I say tens of hours, probably probably close. You probably round up to a hundred. It's, it's going to be north of fifty, I would expect. So it's it's, mm. it's been an, it's been an intense, happy time playing Pokemon. However, whenever I've when I've been like watching footage of um, people discussing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet or whatever, or like reviews and stuff like that, sometimes they will slip in a little bit of Pokemon Legends Arceus footage, and I. I'm nostalgic already and it was only January of the same year that it came out. I look at it and go, oh man, that's gorgeous. And it's like, there are definitely things that were muddy and weird and look ugly about it. But the sense of, uh, like, this... Pokemon Legends Arceus had a little bit of panache to it, whereas yeah. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet look 
it's it's a bit more pedestrian. They're not they're not trying so many things. It doesn't have quite so much atmosphere. It just feels more like oh yeah, you know, a Pokemon game where everyone's smiling a lot and they're they're catching all the Pokemon. But it's good. It's a, it's it's they're, they're both they're both good games. I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think it's my favorite Pokemon game of the year. But I really like Scarlet and Violet. That is my. What review. if they let them not put out one game a year, or let alone two games a year? Yeah, it does feel like they're biting off a lot more than they can chew, doesn't it? Like it seems this seems like a game that is totally fine and if they had, let's say, another 12 months to really put a shine on it, it would be something special. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think despite that it is something special. I like, I've I've got friends who fell out of love with Pokémon like five to ten years ago who picked mm. it up and they've gone you know what this is my first switch pokemon game and i'm having a lovely lovely time and uh i like hearing that from them because i can see exactly what it is that they see about it I, I i would then recommend oh by the way if you like this game you should try pokemon legends arceus but yeah. nevertheless it's i i totally get what they see i mean i would i i mean listen obviously they're saying like I don't want to give that. I don't want to give like the the Pokemon uh, industrial complex too much of a pass. Mm. They are selling. They are selling two games at sixty American dollars. Yes. So like, stop shipping broken games. Also, stop rushing your fucking development. Let let them make a game. Yes. Um. So it's like I I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to give them get get them off scot free entirely. Yes. But. If we live under capitalism, which we do, yes, um, and something's got to give, I guess I would rather them try cool stuff and it be a bit janky than it be hyper polished but extremely boring. And that's exactly what that—that's that, why the charm reaches me because I can I can see those things that are in tension with each other. And when they do release a game that is fine mm-hmm. and. It feels like they're... I, I don't believe anyone's resting on that or Video games are hard to make. Mm. The, the animators will have put a lot of effort into it. Like, they're, 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 I don't like The it people who are resting people... on their laurels are the, are the C-suite. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like it when people call video game developers lazy, and I'm not doing that. But when you get a video game that comes out relatively pedestrian, as I would say that Sword and Shield mm-hmm. did, you're like, yeah. oh, wow, that's a shame. It's a shame that the exciting, interesting things are maybe the things that didn't get quite as much time in the other North care that they needed and that they went into okay here's more of a template pokemon game than okay here are these mad ideas and they're not quite fitting <laughs> like it, it, yeah i'm i i think scarlet and violet cut corners in all the right places broadly like there's, there's, so, so as an example um one thing that i have seen people complaining about is that so it's a big open world and you go from town to town to town and a lot of the towns are a little bit empty and when i say a little bit empty I mean, there are shops in there, which when you interact with the shop, it just comes up with a menu of items. Um, you can't go into people's houses and like pick things up. And there's not that many people who are going to like NPCs who are going to speak to you and are going to say, hey, did you know that the, the Pokemon Swallow evolves when it reaches level 22? Wow, please take this orb, that, that kind of thing. Like all of those interactions that have always been a staple of the Pokemon series are not there. And you know what? 
fucking great choice. I like mm. that is that is not a load bearing pillar of the Pokemon series. That's just something they've always had, and they've gone. You know what? We don't we don't we don't want to be making hundreds of buildings to fill out these like interiors to load between, and then put and the NPCs and make them have dialogue. Like you know what? You focused on the Pokemon. That was a really good shout. Whoever made that shout, thank you. Yeah, yes, definitely. Like obviously, like with the like scope and scale of what yes. they're allowed to do, that make that like that is a decision that is like easy to be like yes of course yes with those resources but considering the pokemon makes a hajillion dollars oh you'd totally, be totally, like totally. can't we just can't can't you just make the game make it give them a two-year cycle and let them make some buildings that you can go into it's, it just seems like this shouldn't be out of your reach the pokemon companies absolutely 100% agree like this is all under the specter of Pokemon is the highest franchising (laughs) by some counts franchise in the highest earning franchise in the the world in the known universe maybe let's uh, maybe it should be slightly better absolutely true however whoever's made this game they've for whatever reasons been counting as they may be Mm -hmm. they've had to work under some constraints I can see those constraints because it's bursting at those constraints and pretty much every constraint that every sacrifice that i could see that they have made i've gone yeah you know what that was a really good call you've, you've distilled this to the essence of what's fun and found new fun things of exploring the world and seeing the pokemon all that stuff that that, that that works really really well so i i think they've i think they've done a i think they've done a good job considering but with the with the appropriate level of scorn and i i am happy as well that it's a level of jank that has not gone unnoticed by reviews. Yeah. Like, Pokemon has existed in a very strange review space for quite a long time now. Yeah, how do you <laughs> review how do you review a Pokemon game that like in a way that's actually useful? It's very difficult. Yeah, because it's like it, it, it's how much does it look like the thing that it is? And the answer is usually yeah, quite a lot. Um and it does tend to get a free pass on a lot of the things that have never been series staples because it has been like this thing that has merged from a Game Boy and has transitioned to a 3DS. And it's uh, the fact that like things like there is still absolutely zero voice acting, not even the weird Fire Emblem. Hey, how are you doing? Wow, little uh, what the little... fuck, mate? Yeah, yeah, those things. <laughs> there's none. No. There's none of that stuff. Um, oh, the anime shouts, right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. That's the kind of thing that it's a bit weird. Like if it, if if you were making a new monster hunting game now, and we didn't have a history of Pokemon, you'd go, man, it's a bit weird that everyone's uh, just flapping their gums to the screen. Um, but it's not something that people are quite understandably not going to bring up in a review because it's not the thing that people are expecting of it. But it is, it's been reassuring that when it does release quite as janky as this, people go, oh, hmm, <laughs> that's going to that's gonna knock some marks off the Pokemon score. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, like fundamentally, it's like, it, it becomes, I don't want to jump to ahead too much, but like, it becomes, no having no voice acting, it becomes like an accessibility problem, right? Yeah. Um, because like, so... Pentiment, which is the reason why I'm jumping ahead a tiny bit. Oh, sure. Game I've been playing a lot doesn't have voice acting, but it does have in the accessibility menu um, 
text-to-speech. Oh, so that's it, wonderful. It's awesome. It's incredible. Because it's like, listen, this game is a lot of text. And I am playing it when I am ready for bed, and my eyes are pretty tired. <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh, this solves the problem for me, for me personally. Yeah. In that, like, and, and I'm sure for, for a number of people, where I'm like, listen, like, obviously, this is not intended to replace voice acting. It's not the same as voice acting. It, it isn't voice acting. It isn't like, it isn't even like the like we'll replace the voice, the voice actors with AI. It isn't that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like I need to not strain my eyes right now. Um, my eyes hurt. <laughs> but I would like to play this video game. Can you please have the text read aloud to me? That would be wonderful. Um, it's great. And I feel like, can you do that? Maybe can we can we move as an industry to that? If if you're not going to have voice acting, have have a have a screen reader type dealy. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be lovely. Um, because it, I find it a lot easier to handle. And like, yeah, most of the time it's fine. But like, I'm a, I'm an old rickety man now, Rob. Um, yes. And my, my I didn't eyes don't. <laughs> uh, and uh, having having that as an option would be good. Um, do do. Do better, Nintendo slash Game Freak slash Pokemon Company, but also good on you, Nintendo <laughs> slash Game Freak slash the Pokemon Company. Yeah. I don't know. Remember how Assassin's Creed was only made better by longer developing uh, cycle? Yeah, I mean, yes, giving <laughs> developers more time to make stuff is, yeah, turns out, you we, get a better game. Yeah, I, I remember how all of us here were getting angry at how shitty Assassin's Creed is getting, except for Black Flag, because that was awesome, hmm. right? And um, then they decided to, like, okay, just stop for a moment and wait for uh, Origins. And mm. it turned out to be such a wonderful game. And then they didn't release uh, Odyssey the next year. Like, mm-hmm. they had a plan, like, for example, like, Disney had a plan. Like, oh, yeah, there's going to be, like, uh, one Star Wars thing every year, something like that. And mm-hmm. they uh, decided not to do that. And Assassin's Creed as a series was being better for it. And yeah, so I think maybe Nintendo and whoever the hell is doing this should maybe take that as an example. Yeah, I, I do think so. I do think, uh, and, and the things you can do, and when, like, obviously it's a thing that, that is, that they're already doing is like, Make, like, have different teams making, like, small side stuff. Like, make cool, weird, like, interim Pokemons. You don't need to have the big, the big name bangers every single year. You could be like, listen, this year is the big banger Pokemons. Next year is, like, the cool, weird side stuff Pokemons. And then, like, whatever. You give it, you give it a two year or a three year or a four year cycle, depending on what you want to do. But you just, you, you can keep the, you can keep making Pokemon games, but give them some freaking time, you guys. Yeah, exactly. yeah that'd be lovely. Um, I don't know. It's it it seems it seems like a layup, like it seems very obvious, um, but you know, shareholder value. <laughs> wah, wah. Um what what about uh you've been still been playing some some Splatoon, some Splatherine? I have been playing some Splatherine. I have thoughts on Splatherine. I'm in a slightly weird place with it where it's uh ooh. Hello. Yeah, my Up. pet is um uh, yeah doing something or other 
As I was sneezing, he just emerged from behind the couch where I did not fuck him. <laughs> just the sneak and sneeze. Um, yeah, Splatoon is in a bit of an odd place. So it's they've just released a new patch. So rather than so in previous games, they have had uh, new content coming out pretty much on the reg. So maybe every week or two, a new weapon would come out, a couple of new maps. Da, 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 da. Maybe a map might be every three weeks. You'd have a Splatfest every, I don't know, six weeks or so. And there was just this constant, lovely flow of cool Splatoon things. So there was always a good reason to boot up Splatoon. And with a Splat two, with Splatoon, they've changed that model a little bit. So rather than having one new weapon every uh i don't know I, d- I don't remember how many weeks it was but have with having them on a gradual scale now it's ab- about every three months they'll do a drop of a whole load of new stuff a whole load of new clothes and trying to emulate the uh the season pass type of thing where you'd book a ticket like wait and they, they do call it so this is we're cu- we've currently just moved into the chill season of splatoon um mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't love it. Uh, And it's not just a case of, oh, I want all the stuff now. Although obviously there is a little bit of that. And one thing that has maybe slightly bothered me is that it has felt like playing with the same toys for about... Oh, I, 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 I can't think how long Splatoon has been, Splatoon has been out off the top of my head. But the best part of uh, the previous three months, like 10 weeks or so. Um, and it's it's noticeably fewer um, maps and noticeably fewer weapons than Splatoon 2, Splatoon, which I've also got on my Switch, and which I could launch now and have a bloody marvellous time on. Like, those 10, those 10 maps only stretched over the course of uh however many weeks does it it does feel like okay i've played this now i've got my fill out of it but because of that cycle it's also starting to make me notice slightly more the other things that they have changed that are a little bit janky so for example uh they used to have a ranking system uh in um splatoon one and two that i really liked so there were four different ranked modes they were splat zones um rainmaker tower control and in splatoon 2 they added clam blitz which is like a football game type of thing where you're trying to get clams into another player's basket um and you could people could see what rank you were you would be matched with people of the same rank um there was quite an exciting system where you would be trying to get your rank up and then but you'd if you every time you failed the bar would crack a little bit and you could maybe drop down a rank or if you were past the safety point you would just stay within the rank da 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 so uh first off there is now just one rank for all of the modes second off no one can see it third off there's no real chance of losing rank so it's just a measure of how many matches you've played fourth off you're not necessarily matched with people of the same rank um and it just feels a little bit shit is i'm noticing a lot more and more that there are a lot of um matches where i'm clearly being matched with people who are miles miles better than me are coordinated and one of the things that was really good about rank is that it was always giving you matches that were basically your skill level that were people who were basically your peers but like, I'll go into a ranked match and there will be someone who um, 
it's clearly their first game. They've got like the banner that you get at level one and they don't have any other banners. And you're going, ah, this will be a tough match. And the, your rank resets at the start of each season. So all of a sudden everyone's B minus again. And you're going, oh, okay, so I'm with someone who might have been X rank yesterday. Cool, thanks. The whole thing just feels a little bit busted in ways that the previous two Splatoon games weren't. And mm. the lack of novelty, plus the busted matchmaking, I don't think I've got on to, um, I don't think I've talked about Splatfests yet uh, on this podcast, but Splatfests in Splatoon have been a uniformly miserable experience. Um, I, I don't know what it is that happens during a Splatfest, but something I assume to do with people self-sorting into three uh, teams and those teams maybe there's fewer people in certain teams and it's like they can't just match on skill level they've got another variable to go with but i will just be crushed match after match after match after match and i'm not pretending to be an elite squid I, but even but you I, are an elite kid uh, yeah i'm an elite kid David, i was trying i wanted to make this exact same joke <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it's the it's the one joke <laughs> it's, yeah. the, it's the only joke. I mean, that's not fair. Splatoon yeah. is also the other joke. There are two, There's two jokes. jokes in Splatoon. Yes. Um, and that's both of them. We've got a full <laughs> bingo card. Um, but either way, regardless of even if I was the stupidest little baby squid who could barely move my controllers, ideally I would want to be matched with other people of the same skill level and we'd have a yeah. fun time. Like, yeah. regardless of whether I'm claiming to be up there or right down there, I shouldn't be losing. 20 matches in a row um, but it routinely or winning happens. yeah or winning 20 matches in a row. yeah agreed you, which you should be you sh- optimally you should be like you know winning half losing half it should feel tense it should feel like I have some agency beyond uh, the capricious whims of the matchmaking system and I'll also say you cannot see anyone's levels anymore you can't see people's ranks you can't see people's levels who you've been playing with and to me, that feels like maybe they were aware. Maybe they were like, we're going to de-emphasize levels and ranks in matchmaking. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to see how it goes. And it's mm-hmm. uh, the fewer reasons to log on, plus the often miserable time when mm-hmm. I do log on, uh, making Splatoon a bit of a pain in the ass, which is a shame because I absolutely love Splatoon as a thing. I love the way the gameplay feels. I've spent about 500 hours on Splatoon 2. Oh, I'm geez. not uh yeah, I'm not a fair weather squid. Um but it's You are a fair weather kid. I am a fair oh, weather kid. <laughs> but it is testing my patience a little bit at the moment. I'm hoping that like they've certainly said in patch notes that hey, we're going to try and improve uh Splatfest matchmaking. And I'm yeah. like, good. Please, thanks, do that. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's a bit of a no- long dark night of the soul with uh, Splatoon. Unless a shame. Yeah, so it seems to me like there, I can understand there being a Nintendo-like value in hiding the ranks yes. and not and not and not surfacing the ranks. Yes, but the ranks should should almost certainly be there in at least in at least some mode, like yes. at least a ranked mode or whatever. So that you are playing people with similar skills. I'm like, obviously, I, I also think that you should just have the free play mode where it's just whatever, man. Um, you can play with whoever. Anybody can jump play, jump in and play with whatever and who cares. Um, totally. but it does seem like they would want, they would, it would behoove them 
<laughs> to do skill-based matchmaking, even if it is, like, in an opaque box in a Nintendo-like fashion. Yeah, and I, I'd be surprised if there's not some kind of opaque box, but whatever the opaque box is, it doesn't work the same way that it used to, and I'm having a worse time than I used to. So whatever they've tweaked, I wish they hadn't. And just yeah. as a very small side note, so the thing that people have been asking for for absolutely ages, and I understand and I agree, is for it to be much, much easier to play Splatoon with friends. Absolutely mm. agree. Great, lovely time. However, what I will say is that the matchmaking is now much, much easier. So you can you can you can join your friends. You can say, "I want to be on the team with my friend Bob and me and Bob, Rob and Bob. We'll be a little team. We'll play five, <laughs> ten matches together. Lovely. You can just see that someone's online and go, "Oh, I'll join Bob. That'd be great." What f- sucks, dog shit, mm. is uh, playing against Rob and Bob. Because mm-hmm. on a team full of randoms, because the level of coordination that they have just from being paired with, again, someone of a similar skill level and yeah. presumably being able to talk to each other at least a little bit. Um, yep. I whenever you'll quite often see here are two people who are very clearly friends. They'll have like names capitalized in the same kooky way or they'll, yeah. they'll have they'll, they'll clan tags. Up. Yeah, they'll, they'll have dressed up for the occasion so they're both wearing the same bowler hat and holding the same umbrella. And as soon as I see that, I go, oh, for fuck's sake, this is just going to be a routing. Uh, and it is. Which is wild, because, like, other games that maybe are more popular but are maybe not as good have figured it out. Like, listen, I, I don't want to go too much into it, but I downloaded Fortnite because I wanted to look at the new shiny Lumina Nanite in, in Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. And they just have a million options about like, yo, you want to do team ups? You want to do like solo play? You want to be two on two? Like you want to be pairs of uh, like two? And like if they had just done that where it's like, yo, you want to, you want to, you want to match make with people who are teaming up. So it's like, okay, I'm going to be teaming up with people who are talking to each other. And the, and the other team is teaming up with people who are talking to each other. Now yes. you've got a good fight on your hands. And, yes. and it's probably optimally that would probably be way more in, like engaging than just all randos all the time yes yes absolutely lovely what a wonderful time um but as it is yeah it feels like I, i've always been i i've not necessarily true um let me let me decide if these words are true before i say them i just suddenly when when i get something like uh a smash brothers or something and it's got an online mode i'm like no thank you I know I'm going to be matched up with people who are going to absolutely fight. Yeah, you're going to get stopped. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And there are certainly multiplayer games that I've spent a lot of time with. Um, but Splatoon is probably the one that I've spent the most time with. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not something that I seek out generally is an online multiplayer mode. Uh, I, sometimes I just happen to find one and happen to find that I like it. And it's a shame that Splatoon feels like it is becoming the multiplayer games that I tried to avoid. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Which also sucks because it's kind of like th- it's the it's the primary appeal of the game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, hey, maybe uh, work on that, Nintendo. I also, this is like it. everything you're saying here is the most like Nintendo fan experience imaginable. Being like, there's so much here that I love, but also this is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes you're right like nobody is doing it like this but also no one's doing it like this <laughs> yeah 
Um, yes, that that all that all makes sense. Any other games? I see you have on your list. You played some Citizen Sleeper. Oh, oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, um, didn't love it. Oh, that's crushing because I fucking love that game. I know. I was expecting to love it. So, um, yeah. Let me see. Do I do I happen to have any notes written here that I could just what what what, what just like uh, or like just like what's the what's the what's the bad vibes you got? So, um. Mechanically, I like the ideas. It's I like the way that you spend dice. I like mm-hmm. that it gives you interesting decisions. I like the thing of going, oh, am I going to spend my time there? Spend my time there. That all feels like it matters. Um, but I didn't feel... What's the way of putting it? I just don't think I was hooked in by the story quickly enough. I think I I must have played an hour, 90 minutes of it. Um, like, which with Citizen Sleeper is mostly reading. That's like reading, just reading a decent, <laughs> getting a decent way in. And I just didn't vibe with the setting. It's like mm. the reward for success felt... Like it was, oh, it's plus one to a stat or a bit of dialogue that was like, oh, thanks for doing that. Now, could you do this thing? And it it felt like a task list to me, maybe because I wasn't vibing with the story as much as I had hoped to. I don't know. It feels like the thing that should be absolutely my vibe because I, I really like Disco Elysium. Um, I like the idea of integrating a, a sort of tabletopy mechanic that is mm-hmm. quite easy to grok like a dice roll and yeah. turning those probabilities into uh, a, a storytelling mechanic in a way that isn't just the obvious, ah, you roll 20, you get to critical dragon. Um, but yeah, I do. I think maybe a, a, a slight lack of levity, perhaps. I know that's not the point, but like Disco Elysium would be quite a good example of a game that feels like it gets to both have its cake and eat it with being like, here's some fun contact mic shit, and also here's the uh, Long Dark Night of the Soul. And I think Citizen Sleeper felt a little bit like Disco Elysium without the charm from what I played with it, which is a real shame. Yeah, so it's like it's complicated, right? Because like I, I am arguably a sucker for sad robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I probably I uh, that probably got me through a, a non-trivial amount of like of getting into the rhythm. Yeah. Um. The 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 vibe like the vibes were never the thing that I found off putting. Uh, the the mechanics were. It's not like they're they're not extremely complicated, but you do really need to understand how everything works. Mm-hmm. And there was like a whole there's a whole section of the game that involves kind of like you. I don't even know how to explain it, like going on like the network or whatever. Oh and, yeah. Like, I just kind of didn't understand that originally. Yeah. And then later in the game, I'm like, oh, here's what I'm doing wrong. I see what I'm doing. I missed this part entirely or like I was fucking this up and now I'm not fucking it up. Um it was more like I I had to really wrap my head around like how to play not optimally like mathematically optimally but like if you want if you're trying to do this this is how you go about doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um that was probably the slowest part for me in the beginning. But um I think it, I think it ramps up pretty well and there's a lot of of like character work. Especially you get, and it's not super long. Like, hmm. I'm looking, I'm here on how long to beat. It says if you just did the main story, it'd be six hours. I, um, make it a family face of that number. The, the main story plus sides is like nine ish, and that sounds right to me. Okay. I mean, yeah, if I was, if assuming I'm just doing the main story, that would mean that I'm about quarter of the way in, which is, which is. 
wild. Um, um, there, there is just like there is some very memorable stuff in there for me, and making decisions about like, um, okay, well, where I have this resource, who gets it? Who do I give it to? Um, and it's and like is I re- it, re- it really hit for me in in a way that it doesn't seem to have hit for you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a yeah. It's I've, I found my little notes where I was apparently I I, I can't see what day I wrote this, um, but I I did I did take notes because I was going to go over it on the podcast someday, even if it did end up just being game of the year list or something like that. I yeah. think the things that disco that there are two things that I've really. Uh, got out is that disco elysium has got a really good hook right at the start which is it's got two really good hooks in fact it's got a who am i the character that i'm playing and b what the hell's going on with this crime now and either one of those would be enough to um hang a game on and it gives me two of them and i'm just like well great i want to poke at every single part of this world um whereas citizen sleeper it didn't feel like it gave me anything that i was like oh i really want to follow that to completion it felt more mm-hmm. like survive poke around in this junkyard da, 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 da. Um, and the other thing that i thought that disco elysium did well that i wanted citizen sleeper to do was to conjure a world that although crappy i wanted to spend more time in because it was like fun and surprising and it felt like having like it felt like everything that i poked at in disco elysium i had a dm over my shoulder going ah yes and also no matter like what i did or how big i fucked up whereas citizen sleeper has a yes but where it's like okay you've got you can survive for a bit longer now ah but you need this which i totally get where it's going for in terms of like the it's trying to tell a very different story Mm -hmm. but the other the different story is something that i just didn't get good vibes from touching if that makes sense yeah it's so tough because i'm like oh if you Mm, there's this thing that is like that is that but you need to play further and like it's it's just like a, it's yeah. a frustrating thing because it's like i do think you probably would get more of the thing you're wanting but it's impossible to ask people to be like playing the game you're not having a good time with to get to the part that's good um, um yeah yeah it's it, like it's 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 frustrating but like there's i can i can just i'm like immediately thinking of things that it's like oh here's this like world building stuff that i really really love and like oh here is this like personal inter like interpersonal relationship stuff um and i i i do and it's not like this is unique to citizen sleeper exclusively but like the the kind of one of the framings i did when i was writing about it a little bit was like so often in video games and sci-fi in general it is like are robots people and Mm. this is this is a game that is entirely uninterested in that question (laughs) like like yeah dog yeah like yes yes the answer is yes yes artificial intelligence is people like that it's not even it's not it's not up for debate um that like it is it is irrelevant to the game because obviously that is the case yeah it's and it's more about what happens to the people who we don't always treat like people seems to yes 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 so like i i I like that um i like some of the character stuff um the mechanics like weirdly worked really well for me even though i'm not like a a huge like i'm not a massive 
um, uh, tabletop type person. Uh, it's not mm. that I, I dislike it, but I'm just not doing a ton of it all the time. It's not my primary way of interacting with, with, with games. So like it all, it all really like clicked for me, but, uh, it's a huge bummer that it did not click for you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I will come back to it one day, but at the moment, I've well, there's got, a lot of video yeah, games. Exactly. 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 If you had infinite time, then I would say, yes, you should, you should revisit it. But <laughs> I, well, 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 yeah. I mean, but if I was like, if like Rob, you were retired. And you yes. didn't have anything to do. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, you should spend a day and play through the main story, but you're not. You have other things to do with your life. Yeah. Um, that's a bummer. <laughs> um, anything else before we move on? No, I think, uh, I think that's it for me. Laughlin, have you been playing any video games? I wish. I, no, <laughs> seriously. Uh, this whole month and a half was crazy at work. I, mm-hmm was just so done with computers that I literally did not have uh I I didn't feel like spending the rest of it in front of a computer. Yep. I I get it. I mean let me tell you about my eyes and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so even despite the fact that a Dragonflight came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the wow. Uh, expansion. Expansion, yeah. I did not yet play it, despite owning it already. I was planning on actually starting tomorrow. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, no, sorry. Instead, I've been listening to audiobooks and knitting a lot. Any uh, any uh, any standout audiobooks you wanted to, to shout out? Um, well, uh, one... Yes, actually, uh, first thing is, I, th- I think I already mentioned, uh, no, probably not. Um, uh, Indira Varma did, um, I did mention it in the chat we had. Uh, Indira Varma recorded uh, awesome um, Discord audiobooks, mm. which mm. are really, really well done now and available on Audible. So I've been going through that. And also, as it turns out, uh, Sarah J. Mass released a new, but that was like uh, way earlier this year, a second book of her uh, urban fantasy series. Mm. And I just started that. And those books are like huge, like thousand pages things. So this is going to take a while. Yeah. Yep. 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 Having audiobooks that it's like, well, this is 40 fucking hours. <laughs> like, I guess I'll finish this at some point. Yeah, that, so that's uh, a little bit of challenging. And also podcasts, especially um, true crime. I've been listening to true crime podcasts. Excellent. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've actually, I, so I had been, I had like whittled down my podcasts very light. And then, then I found one that I was really, I was, I really did vibe with, um, that also had like, you know, a significant backlog. And I've, I finally worked my way through it. Um, and it was SciShow Sci- Tangent, Tangents, which is a, a Hank Green joint, which, uh, TikTok's Hank Green, <laughs> uh, Vlogbrothers Hank Green, uh, VidCom's Hank Green. I know. Um, Hank Green is. Uh, but you know, the internet's Hank Green. Um, and, uh, it's unit science shit. And, and like, yeah, you know, a little bit pop sci Um, but it's, uh, it's fun. It's a good, it's a good fun podcast. Uh, and then I, st- I started listening to, um, what moving pictures and, um, I, I was not, I couldn't give it my full attention. So I want to start over and do it again. Um, and listen to it straight. The first, I don't know, um, probably like 
hour of the podcast of the podcast of the mm-hmm. audiobook, I was like, eh. But but I do want to give it. I do want to give it a, a a fair shake. Um, and like okay. go back and listen to it without while I'm not doing something and give it my full attention and see um if I was just not in the right headspace. Uh, that book it, is so full of um, various uh, pop culture references mm-hmm. that um, if you want to get into it, I would suggest trying to make uh, like a fun out of it. Spot the reference. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was weird because so I I have never read a Terry Pratchett book, and mm-hmm. obviously, obviously not. He is not biting off Douglas Adams. He is very much they are they are like cohorts. They are being influenced by similar things. They're from a sim- from the same culture. Yada yada They're yada. Friends. I mean, yeah. So like, friends. obviously, that is the case. I, I, I am not in any way trying to make claims that he is ripping off Douglas Adams. And I'm like, oh, this is like Douglas Adams, but I don't like it as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. That's okay. fair. Um. Douglas Adams is mostly concerned with science fiction or, like, space shit. And Terry Pratchett, this is very, very much a fantasy. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, again, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to be too hasty, and I do want to give it um, a, a proper fair shake. So I, I will report back probably in the new year, but I, I will report back on, on moving pictures. Okay. Um, uh, I've been playing... Okay. Uh, can I say something more? Please, yeah, please. sure. Okay, so... Yeah, uh, I did wanted to shout out um, True Crime Podcast, actually. Oh, go for it. A casual criminalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very good. Um, it's a, a guy doing a, a cold reads of scripts that uh, various writers do for him. And he, he adds certain personal flair to it. But the scripts are very good. And not so much the earlier episodes, but especially the, the the ones in recently and in the last like year very uh good when it comes to you know, dealing with the with the crimes with how the victims are being treated and uh approached in this podcast and i love the way that they um the they approach it like like our actual victims, not like statistics, would be in a lot of uh, various true crime podcasts that you that you see. Yeah, a lot a lot of true crime stuff and a lot of dog shit true crime stuff out there. <laughs> Uh, but like real exploitation, like listen, I am not somebody who thinks that true crime, that all true crime is bad. Uh, that is obviously not the case. I think that there is some incredible yeah. stuff. Uh, I do think that an overwhelming amount of true crime is wildly exploitative and shitty. Um, and you have to wade through all of that to find the stuff that is actually like really meaningful and important and, and is like, uh, telling stories that are like important from like a societal perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and um, th- th- this is this is exactly why right. they're not exploiting the victims, and uh, I very much appreciated that. And I think that a, a podcast like that deserves to be known and heard. What's the name again? Casual criminalist. Casual criminalist. Yeah. Check it out. Um, and one more thing. Uh, January, yeah. I am going to go on a trip to where. Uh, Canary Islands again to get the final level of uh, boat license, basically, that I am able to get that is not non-commercial. Oh, I was going to say, are you going to be able to drive a cruise ship? Uh, I already can drive a cruise ship. 
Hell yeah! Laughlin, we need, to, we need to start a weekly world cruise line, and you're the captain! Hey! Yeah, but uh, I, I did a motor uh, boat license uh, on in, in autumn. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, early autumn. And now this is for sailing boats. I'm going to go... I will be able to uh, sail anything I want. Sick! Yeah. Do you have do you have anything in particular, or is this just like a hey? I want to make sure I can do anything I want to do. I well, I want to make sure I can do whatever the hell I want. But there isn't like oh, I really want to be able to sail this kind of boat or anything like. Oh uh, well, um, seeing as I, I already pretty much already sailed most of the boats that I really wanted to, now I have preferences, and yeah, there are boats that I want to sail, but. Um, Mm, it's not like uh, an an immediate thing for me anymore. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Please don't get swept out to sea. <laughs> uh, I'll tr- I'll do my best. Thank you. But this is going to be in January, in the middle of January. So delightful. We'll try to do. We'll try to do uh, game of the year before that. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Um, and worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do. We can do some stuff afterwards, but we'll tr- we'll try to get it done early. Uh, also, January hopefully should be <laughs> less busy than the end of the year. <laughs> I I really if it is not we're gonna have some problems. <laughs> end of uh, the year in my business is like super busy. All the hashtag time. same. Yeah, Rob, I don't even know what business you're in anymore. <sighs> <laughs> you're like I don't even know any shit. <laughs> I just come to work and they they don't fire me. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I've been counting on. <laughs> um, I've been I playing do some IT video games for a bank, so obviously. <laughs> um, uh, I've been playing some video games. Uh, first amongst those video games is Pentiment, the Obsidian game uh, that is uh, kind of like in the Reformation era. Um, so it's like kind of, it is like kind of at like the tail end of, of medieval times and like kind of like, like as, uh, you have like Renaissance like beginning, but it's, it's kind of between the medieval times and, and Renaissance. And it is done in a very much like a, uh, a 1500s, um, like biblical illustration style. And uh, it is, so it looks fucking beautiful. It looks incredible. And, um, you, it is, it is something. <laughs> I, I hesitate. There, there is definitely like some detective work going on, but I, it's really not a detective game. It is a, it is a, it is a, an RPG, an obsidian like RPG, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that is 2D and has some like investigative aspects to it but it's not a detective game and i and i think that it sometimes gets spoiled down to detective game when it's like no not really it's it is so much more like a in the like the way that the game works like a or the way that like the systems work as like a stripped down obsidian rpg in a in a different um aesthetic in a different and, like it's you know it's like it's a 2d you're pretty much on like a, on like a a a single plane um like you're you're walking and like you can go up and down and some but you're you're very much walking on like uh 
straight lines, you know, you know, make, hey, maybe you'll go down to go here, or maybe you'll go up to go here, or maybe go left or right. But you're not, you're not doing, you're not, you're not, it's not a 3D world. You're not going wherever you want. It's not an open world, but it is a map that you can go anywhere in the world. So, like, kind of, but not really. Um, it's the real fucking deal, everybody. I have to say, it is, um, it's a, you know, it's not a, it's not a huge game. I think the how long to beat is like in the, like, you know, like 12 to 14 hour range, something like that. So it, it is not, I, I, I I'm on my way to finishing it up. I believe my understanding is I am pretty close to the end. Um, and, uh, it is, it is of the quality that you would expect a obsidian game to be. And it is just a smaller scale, uh, than those games. It's like, this is not a, this is not one of those, like, oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to sit and play 60, 80 hours of this. This is, you know, a much smaller game with a smaller team, but it is, it is of that quality that you would expect. And I think that's really great. And I think, I think I said this on the podcast with Jared, but I want to say it here is that the thing about it that I think works the best for me is that when you hear people writing in the past, you have them write, even though the characters are speaking English or, or whatever your native tongue is, they will make them sound very old timey. Like they will have them sound like the most fucking Baroque ass, um, <laughs> dialogue ever. And they, they avoid that entirely here and they make the townspeople. And like, obviously when there are people who are of like a more wealthy background, they do speak fancier, but like they make these characters feel like real humans, which is excellent because, um, even though this is, you know, a fictional story, people who existed at the time are real humans like you and me. <laughs> um, so like it, it is so effective at humanizing people in the past and like, yeah, the problems that those people had are, pretty much the same problems that you and I have today. Like, yeah, there's some like tech differences and there's some stuff that's happened from then to now, but like when it all breaks down to it, like their experiences are experience in in, in the most fundamental ways. And I think it does an incredible job of, of making that clear of making these people, even though, you know, like, you know, you're not spent, you're not spending, uh, a ton of time with any individual character, but like, you're, these feel like real fucking people. Um, yeah, in a time, and it makes you, it, it makes you absorbed into the story and the time because the, everything is so approachable. All the characters feel very much like, I know what this person is like. Like, I, I am, I am getting the vibe of what this person is like very quickly. It's not, it's not, um, seeing everything through like a sepia tone of like, yes, people were different in the past. It's like, no. People were pretty much the same in the past. Exactly. So, really good. It's part of Game Pass. So, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can get it. It's also 20 bucks, 20, 20 US dollars. So, um, if you like Obsidian games, you should play Pentiment. It's real fucking good. That's my, that's my plea to play Pentiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I do think it is on your list of, of games you want to get to, Rob. Yeah. Right? I feel like I want to play, I know you said it's not just a detective game, but I feel like I do want to play one two day mystery game. Game this Christmas period. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure whether it's going to be Pentiment or the case of the Golden Idol just yet. I've also heard great things about it. Yeah, both. Uh, both. Uh, I, the chance of me not playing either of them is almost zero. The chance of me playing both of them is non-zero. So. Well, I universally love the art style in this. The art style in that is is simultaneously incredible and nostalgic, but also wildly off-putting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely horrendous. Agreed. <laughs> So uh, it's a little bit of a mixed bag on that front. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But Pendament, real good, real, 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 real good. Um, people should play it. It's it is an affordable it is an affordable game to play. Um, God of War Ragnarok. I uh, I had to, I had to fly out to Puerto Rico in the middle of the month, so um, uh, my my game playing was a little bit um uh spotty. But I had put probably I think probably about six hours into God of War Ragnarok, and uh, so far so good. Um, it is. What you would expect, it is a, it is a very beautiful game. Uh, I think that the, the, one, some of the best things about that game is how, is the art direction. And even though, and again, I've talked about this with Jared a little bit, but like, uh, the, obviously it is not using the latest and greatest tech. It is not the shiniest, newest possible looking game, but I think that it is just made with such a great attention to detail and care. Um, that it looks really, really beautiful. Um, in the same way as like a, a great example is like World of Warcraft. And I, this is obviously more technically, um, strenuous than World of Warcraft, but like World of Warcraft is not, has never been, even when it first came out, a, a technical showpiece, um, in term, in terms of aesthetic, in terms of graphics, but it is such a strong art direction. It's such, such, um, like that they know exactly what they want and they are executing at a very high level that it transcends the, the technical limitations. Yeah. Um, and I feel, and I feel the same about God of War Ragnarok. It's like, yeah, at its core, is this, is this a last generation game running on new hardware with a, a handful of like nice additions? Yes, of course, but it has, it is a very, very, very strong art direction. Um, and then in, t- in terms of like the gameplay, it's exactly what you would think. <laughs> it's another God of War game. Uh, and, uh, the writing continues to be very solid. Uh, specifically the dialogue writing. Mimir is just an all time great character. Um, like he continues to be like, it's like character of the year 2018, character of the year 2019, character of the year 2020. Mimir, it's him. He's great. Um, love of Mimir. Um, so yeah, God of War Ragnarok. So far, so good. Um, it's not, I think that, you know, if you look at something like, uh, like a, the game awards, uh, hey, maybe it's not like the best game of the year, but it's pretty fucking good is, I guess where I, is where I land. Um, Forspoken is the next game from the people who made, um, Final Fantasy 15, who are not making Final Fantasy 16 within, uh, Square. Um, but this is, this is kind of like a, a good chunk of those folks went on and they're making this. It's a, it is a PS5 and PC exclusive. Um, and it's coming out relatively soon. I think it's in like the 24th of January. So it's, it's, it's pretty soon. And, uh, they put out a demo on PS5 and I have played it. And I think that game might be good. Um, it's, it's hard to tell. It's a relatively, you know, it's a, it, it is a bit of a vertical slice. You know, you're getting, you're getting a, a kind of like, oh, here's all these ways you can play combo. Like, you know, here are all these combos you can do in, in the, uh, in the combat. You're exploring this little chunk of the world. It looks pretty good, even though like you maybe, cause considering that this is a, a, a current gen only game, you would maybe want it, them to be a little bit more ambitious with the tech that they're using. But, um, you can very much tell that it is, it is building on the tech from Final Fantasy 15. It has a lot of the same shared, like, lighting aesthetic. Uh, how things are lit look very similar to the way things were lit in that game. Uh, and I think it looks pretty cool. And you know, you never know until, until the game comes out on whether or not they, they're able to, like, you know, land it. Like, is the whole darn game good? But, um, I was like, like, I was pretty interested before because I'm like, well, I liked Final Fantasy 15. I want to see what that team's going to do. I am more excited now having played the first Spoken demo. Um, I, I, I definitely want to play more and see what's up with that. Um, so Forspoken, uh, I'll probably check that out when it comes out. Um, The Witcher 3, uh, 
<laughs> as if there aren't enough games. <laughs> also, here's a game from 2015. Play that again. Um, the, uh, the current gen, uh, patch, so the patch that, the, or the, or the re, the re, kind of like re-release of the game that takes advantage of the hardware on PS5 and Xbox Series S and X. Uh, and as well, it's also released a patch on PC, although the PC version is a little bit busted right now. Um, um, it looks really good. Um, they, so there's two modes on, on the, on the big boy consoles. Um, that is like, here's a 60 frames per second mode. Um, it, that looks really good. It runs really smoothly. But, but if you, st- if you are willing to stay at the 30 frames per second cap, you can turn on ray tracing. You can turn on, uh, it has like a global illumination, uh, implementation. And it's really, really pretty. And, and it's, it is hard to explain. Uh, for me at least, I'm sure if people who, like, if you talk to the, the, the digital foundry people, they would probably have an easier time explaining it. But like, there's just a lot of small things that by having, by having global illumination where like, where the, the light is falling naturally along the world and like things are bouncing off and, um, every, oh, the lighting looks much more natural because you have all of these materials that are interacting with each other, interacting with the light. And so when you have something like, oh, the, here's this piece of metal or here's like, here's this orange thing. It's adding a little bit of like a glow to the things that it's adjusting or, or that it is um, adjacent to because that's how light works in the real world. And so it is, it is just um, an impl- a tech implementation of making lighting look more realistic, look more believable. And I don't think that there is any like one specific thing about it that is like, and this is the reason why global illumination rules. It's just that there's like a thousand small things that that add up to making like, oh, this looks a whole lot more like in your in your reptilian brain. You look at it and it makes like what is the same texture as what is the same polygon count. You look at it and you're like, this looks way more believable and way more real than when it's turned off, which still looks fine. It still looks totally fine, but it doesn't look as real, as believable, as tangible as when global illumination is not enabled. So I just think it's, it's real pretty. Um, and that's pretty cool. And I hope that they work out the, the problems that they have on PC because it is some performance problems with the patch and people are, are like rolling back to the ones, the one before the patch. But, uh, hopefully that gets, that's, get that, <clears throat> that gets worked out quickly. Yeah. Uh, Lawson, you think you're gonna go back and play The Witcher Three once, uh, once the the PC version gets smoothed out? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm I I don't have time to do it right now, but man, that Witcher Three looks pretty good. Also, they they it's not and it's not just graphics too. They they've added stuff that it's like stuff from like a like armor sets and stuff from the show. They've readjusted, um, especially on controller. But my understanding is is PC stuff as well. Um, how like there's like a quick cast mode, which allows you to more quickly uh, cast um, signs, which is great because it was a little bit um, fumbly the way it was before on the controller. Now it's a lot better. Um, the camera is a lot different. I, I went in and fooled around with it a little bit and I was like, ah, I think I like the old camera better <laughs> because, uh, um, Geralt's like back takes up like half the screen. <laughs> it's too, it's too zoomed in, um, in the new camera, but you can just easily flip that over to the old way. Um, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that they did it. Um, that, that it's like, it's gotten, you know, a little bit tightened up. They, they, it has some new stuff. Uh, people can play and it takes advantage of the new hardware on the consoles. I just think like once the PC stuff gets, gets taken care of, um, it's just like a big win all, all around. Rob's still probably never going to play Witcher 3. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, that's right. Laura did play some Witcher 3. Yeah. I've seen I forgot about that. 
Um, but man, that game. What a video game. Game Awards was around. I put some, I put some stuff in there. Um, Death Stranding 2 was announced. I'm very, the, the trailer is the most fucking Hideo Kojima shit imaginable. Hey, you guys, Hideo Kojima is concerned about aging. He's an aging man. He's, he, he has some feelings about it and he's going to work them out in his video games. <laughs> Through the um, gift of Norman Reedus. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, uh, Norman Reedus has gray hair. He, he has become old snake. Um, into that. Uh, the next Ken Levine game was an- announced. It's called Judas. Um, but yo, it looks like that guy made a Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> um, after 10 years of being like, I'm gonna make a small game, he then just goes, I guess I'm just gonna make a Bioshock and not call it Bioshock. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Ken Levine seems like he sucks a bunch. Um, Hades 2, which seems like the thing that is probably going to get the most play here. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, I, I'm, there aren't very many games in 2023 that I am massively hyped for. I think Hades is more likely to be 2024. Uh, um, that is the next big game that I'm looking forward to. Wow. Wow. Uh, no, you're like, Nothing good until Hades 2, everybody. Basically, yeah. Wake me up when, uh, wake me up when the, the, the thirsty Greeks come back. <laughs> when, when can I fuck these Greek gods next? Um, <laughs> it's been ages. Uh, it, um, I am entirely unsurprised that they are going back to Hades because you don't go from, from making games that are like, these are well liked to making Hades and then you go, no, no more Hades. <laughs> no. It's. I feel silly for not expecting it. Um. I. I. I think I might even be on record of being like, yeah, of course you make Hades. Like you, that doesn't mean like you can't make other things as well. But yeah, you fucking you make more Hades. It's the thing that makes you money. It's so good, and the new one looks very, very good. I like the new characters. Um. Yeah. Seems cool. Uh. I'm good for good for them. That that team that team deserves their success and. Again, like, hey, uh, I've talked it to death here, but Hades, uh, even though it is of a, a genre that I'm usually not playing in, it, uh, it certainly transcends that and, and is, is, uh, a pretty fucking cool thing. Hell yeah. Um, the next Don't Nod game was announced, but it, it's not what you would expect. It's, uh, it's, it seems like it is much more of a, of a, an action adventure, a game with uh you know with don't nod um uh stylings around it but uh i'm it's called banishers colon ghosts of new eden which i hate the name it's a terrible yeah, name not good um and like there's a million ways to make your your game name not good but i feel like chosen like, all of them yeah <laughs> it's colon yeah that sounds very scatological well, it banishers the the punctuation mark colon. Uh, <laughs> banishers Ghosts of New Eden is just I if I didn't have it in front of me, I don't think that I would have been able to pull it out. <laughs> That's because what she uh, <laughs> Sorry, um, it's a it's it's a it's a real weak name, and also I'm like. This, I mean, listen. I'm sure it's don't nod. They, 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 I liked Vampire. Vampire was not a was not a uh, a a uh, Life is Strange alike, and so that's cool. They can do other games. They can make other games. I'm not saying that they have to like fit into that mold, but it's just like, why did you make? Why did you choose to make your game look so generic when you could do anything? You you picked the 
blandest possible thing. I guess that makes that's what that's what the people want, right, Rob? It's like they're just like people love blandness. Yeah, I want I want the most beige game imaginable. Uh, so, like, I, I'm excited to see what they do, but also why? Why would you make a game that is not that? Why wouldn't you do anything else? Um, Bayonetta Origins, uh, Cereza and the Lost Demon, which is a, a Bayonetta prequel that is coming out relatively quickly. And I, I, I fully expected more Bayonetta. Like, I just think that, like, surely the cost of making those games is low enough that there's, n- that there is no threshold of sales that it couldn't hit to like make it profitable to make Bayonetta games. Um, so like I fully expected more in the future, but like right away, just right away, here is more Bayonetta for you for that ass. It's, it's, it's a weird looking game as well because it doesn't look remotely Bayonetta. Like <laughs> if you told me, oh, they're going to make a Bayonetta, uh, spinoff, I'd go, mm-hmm. cool. That sounds yeah, neat. Yeah, sure. And then if they showed me these screenshots, I go, "Is that a bayonetta spinoff?" It doesn't look like a bayonetta spinoff. It feels very. It feels a lot more. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to sound derogatory here. It's but the vibe that I get is slightly more Kirby-like, and that's. I like colorful games. I like fun, wholesome games. I think they're lovely. I just. I don't know. I. I. I, I don't know what the Venn diagram is between people who are really into the hair witch who's always naked versus people who are into a gentle storybook. Is it, if, if, is it possible that that's, that that Venn diagram is me? It is possible, yes. That is just... Because uh, you said, look, reminds you of Kirby, and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, they should make a Kirby Bayonetta game. They should make it where, <laughs> Kirk, where Kirby sucks Bayonetta, becomes the becomes Bayonetta Kirby, and then is a game of you playing as Bayonetta Kirby. I'm like, yes, they should make that video game. It's the vibe is, oh, I would like to show that to my to my eight-year-old child. I'm sure they would have a lovely time. <laughs> P.S. Please don't go Googling Bayonetta. <laughs> it's like the vibe <laughs> that I get. Also, Rob re- Rob uh, uh, reveals on today's podcast he's an eight-year-old child. Yes, for most <laughs> of the... Most of the weekly roar I've had that and have kept quiet <laughs> up until now. Um, it's like you're gonna get uh, don't don't get into a, a you're, you're like a you're like Drake in a rap battle. People are gonna do investigative journalism and diss tracks. <laughs> you're hiding a child, Rob. <laughs> Leave my child out of this. Yeah, it's 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 weird, but also cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not cool. Like I. Like, okay, sure. I have a bunch of weird feelings about Bayonetta right now, but, um, but yes, um, I, I think what I landed on was, uh, disqualify Bayonetta 3 entirely from my game of the year proceedings. <laughs> and, uh, I have not played it yet, but I, I did purchase it used. Um, okay. which feels like the compromise. Yes. Um, of like, I don't know, man, this is such a weird story and I find it impossible to follow and who is right and who is wrong. I don't know, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, no, I was, I, I had Bayonetta 3 on my list of, oh, that'd be nice to play before the end of the year. And now it's like, yeah, that will be nice to play someday, maybe. Yes, yes. Uh, speaking of, 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 of performance problems, uh, Bayonetta, womp on. Uh, because also, listen, it's a fucking, let's be real here, this is a 360 game. 
<laughs> and Bay- Bayonetta 1 and 2 run better on the Switch than Bayonetta 3 runs. Oh, and dear. You could do better. You, If you wanted to, I'm not saying it would be easy, but if you wanted to, you could do better. Oh, I, I had not heard about the performance problems. I just heard of all of the other shit. Oh, yeah. There's a, on top of on top of the additional fucking bullshit of this lady... The voice actress, Helena Taylor, yada, yada, yada. But also, is she lying? There seems to be conflicting things about whether or not, like, what they offered her, what she said they offered her. Um, is she a bigot? I don't know. It's hard. It's complicated. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Things are hard. What happened? I, oh my, I can't get into it. it, it she, <laughs> she, I can't, I can't get into the full thing, but the quick summary is she came out and said, they lowballed me. Please don't buy Bayonetta 3. Oh. And there was a bit of a blow up. People were like, hey, this sucks because she, they replaced her with, um, uh, with Commander Shepard. Yeah, yeah, Jennifer Hale. Um, oh. And Jennifer Hale was like, well, fuck, I didn't know anything about this shit. I can't say anything because I'm under NDA, but like, hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to steal people's jobs. I was just, they said, hey, can you do this? And I said, yes. <laughs> um, so it was complicated, but then it also seems like how she presented, they're like, hey, she's like, hey, they, they offered me this extremely low thing. And it seems, it, I don't know. I don't, I'm not privy to what their contracts, what the, the actual things are, but it, it, it seems to be that she misrepresented it and she was giving the, when they were like, hey, after, after she had turned down their offer, they had offered her like this amount to do like a cameo. And she said, and so she's represent my, my understanding. Again, please do not take this. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is the truth. This is, this is how I think it is. She was representing the cameo offer as if it was the fee to be like the main voice actor of a whole game. And then there were like receipts being dropped about like, this isn't, this isn't what we had offered her, but she's (laughs) pretending it is. And also it seems like that lady sucks. (laughs) Like a lot of like anti abortion stuff and. And, uh, and like, uh, like, she's British, but like some Trumpy, some like MAGA adjacent stuff. Um, it's point being, it's messy and not great, and I don't feel good about it. <laughs> she meaning the previous voice? Like, yes, Hel- yes, Helena Taylor, not, not Jennifer Hill. Okay, good. <laughs> it just um, feels so weird to think of Ben as being anti woman. <laughs> It's weird. It's all. It's all weird and messy. And like, I don't know. Is she that? Is she? Is she just lazy? I don't. I fucking like. Like, so it was like there was like anti-abortion charities in like a list of things. But like, did she just grab a list of charities and there happened to be an anti-abortion charity? I don't fucking know. I don't know, and I don't pretend to know what is in people's hearts. But all I know is it has made being a Bayonetta fan fucking complicated. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so that sucks. But oh, and the last thing that I wanted to bring up uh, from the Game Awards is uh, N- Netflix is teaming up with Ubisoft to make us a- a- another Valiant Heart games uh, game, and that's the like 2D adventure game set in World War One that they put out in like 2014, I think. I have no memory of this. I really liked it. <laughs> Um, it's in the same engine that those those um, more modern Rayman games were in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I it's a World War One game, and you don't really get those. And it's also it's a war game that is uh, not about uh, do about doing war. It's not about shooting mans. It's about like 
man, war sucks. <laughs> Which, you know, you do get those, but at a lesser rate than the shoot man's kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shoot man's is, re- is really a, a, a mainstay of the video game. Yes. Medium. Um... It, it was cool, and it was really weird that it's like, and Netflix is bringing the sequel to, eight years later, to Valiant Hearts. Yeah, oh, speaking oh. of which, the Dragon Age cartoon dropped on Netflix recently. Yeah, and I, 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 I haven't read all of them, but I did see some positive stuff. I did not see it here. Okay, I have not, oh, yeah, I have not, I definitely have not read it. Let me look, let me look at the, at the, at the Metacritic about what the, remember, anybody remember what the subtitle of that is? I'm just gonna type in uh, Dragon oh, Age. Oh, ah. Say again? Retribution, I believe. Dragon Age Retribution. It's the same name as every Mass Effect DLC. Yeah, uh, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing it on uh, Metacritic. Let me see if I. Let me see if I just type it in. But uh, I, I, I think I saw. I think it was a Polygon piece that was like. Hey! Redemption, uh, I'm sorry. Re- okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, it is every Mass Effect DLC. Whatever, you know. Uh. It's bad. Na- it's bad. Na- naming things is hard. Right. They all start with R, so. Dragon Age Redemption. Uh, it's also not showing up on Metacritic. Great, delightful. Um, but I, I saw some like, hey, if you're excited about that new game, maybe watch this anime. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I don't think it's an anime per se, but okay. Yo, know, is anime just means animation, yo. Um. Also, I'm on the I'm on the Dragon Age wiki, and Retribution is not. I'm, I'm, I need to I need to go to the main page and see <laughs> what the real fucking name of this thing is. Redemption, mm. apparently, and I'm a dum dum. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing it, but um, anyway, yeah, I I probably I mean, listen, I'm gonna have some time off at the end of the year. Maybe I'll watch some Dragon Age. Yep. Um, that's cool. Um. I went to Puerto Rico, and, uh, I have to say, being in Puerto Rico, uh, in December, instead of Delaware in December, um, <laughs> superior. Um, I think it was, let me, let me, let me, let me do the math real quick again. And by math, I mean putting it into a search engine. Uh, but I do think it was like 28C. Uh, it, let me convert this into, yeah, so it was, yeah, it's about 20, it was about 28C. Pretty much the entire time I was there, um, and it's warm, and we're you know it's an island, so you have like the 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 breeze, the the ocean breeze, uh, pretty much everywhere you're going. So it's warm, but it is like nice, and it it feels way cooler than it actually is. Um, unlike here, where when it is 82 degrees, it is often miserable <laughs> because it is a swamp. Um, and, uh, like, right on the beach, uh, went all over San, Old San Juan, uh, went to, uh, a bunch of, like, some of, some of the oldest, some of the oldest, uh, extant, uh, colonial buildings in what is now the United States. Um, things that were built in the 1500s. And, uh, there are, there are some, like, pre-Columbian, uh, buildings in the Southwest. Um, that still exist, but, um, these are certainly among some of the oldest that, that exist in, in, uh, the United States. So it was very, very cool to see them. Uh, and they're, they're well maintained for being from the 1500s. Um, and, uh, like San, San Cristobal, El Moro, um, and then, uh, wanted to go see the, the governor's mansion, uh, got, relatively close to it but could not go because lots of things were shut down because it was the tide was fucking wild <laughs> while mm. it was there and there's like huge strips and we also wanted to go to uh there's a, a, a nice big uh like um 
fountain and a, like a big strip where lots of people are selling street food. And we did go there and we were able to, but it was like the straightforward route is closed because that's right along the shore and you will get fucking swallowed into the sea if you go down this route. So the road is closed. Please like walk around the long way, which whatever. It was an additional 10 minutes. It wasn't that big of a deal, but like, okay, no, no for serious. The sea will kill you. Uh, please do not, please do not get too close to the sea. Um, and, uh, it was just real fucking beautiful. And then, uh, I did that with two of my coworkers, um, and it was just just delightful. Uh, and then I also did a, a kind of a longer tour on a Saturday with my wife, and we uh, did a little bit of Old San Juan, and then went into kind of like uh, a the the non touristy places, uh, and and got some lunch, uh, some very very delicious fried food and and grilled kebabs, and that was just. Um, Truly, truly wonderful. And then we went to the foothills of El Yunque, which is a rainforest, which is the only rainforest in the United States' national, uh, uh, park system. So, uh, it was pretty cool. We didn't go like, we, we, we didn't, we weren't trekking into the rainforest or anything. We just went to like, here is where, here is where the rainforest begins. Isn't it beautiful? And it was beautiful. It was very nice. Um, but it was very, very, it was very enjoyable and I had a great time. So Puerto Rico, yeah, if you folks, if you folks are interested in, uh, in, uh, going somewhere real beautiful, especially this time of year, might I recommend Puerto Rico? Um, I'm sorry. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, did you mean by, by rainforest, you mean, you meant, uh, tropical rainforest, right? I, I don't, I guess I don't know what the legal distinctions are. Well, the, uh, the distinction is that alleged rainforests, such as of the kind that grow on, for example, Vancouver Island, which is also covered in rainforest. However, it is not, obviously, not um, tropical, it is temperate. I don't know. I don't know. But it is my understanding in the in the United. It is the what the, the words that I read, which I cannot vouch for. Okay. The words that I read is that it is the only rainforest within the, the United States National Park System, which is not to say that there aren't necessarily other rainforests, but it is the only one that is a national park. Okay, I see, and they probably meant tropical as well. Sure. I can't say I'm not an, I, I, I can't, I'm not an expert in rainforests nor tropical climates, <laughs> um, but it was real cool. And 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 to be fair, we weren't even in like the, that. We were like we were in the outskirts. We were in like this is technically like oh here is where like the national this is where like the federal property begins and here is where like private property is. We were hanging out in the foothills um, and just like kicking it in a river. Real fucking real fucking pretty. Real 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 beautiful. Like everywhere we went. Just the most gorgeous shit you can imagine. Um, real, real into it. Huge fan. Um, and then the other thing is uh, Christmas. Uh, any cool Christmas plans? Anybody before we wrap up? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> just you're just gonna have a Dickensian Christmas. Just kind of, yeah. Misery. It's, yeah, I'm genuinely uh, not fully looking forward to it. We're, try- we're trying to work out how to make things feel Christmassy, but there's a lot of things that we would usually do that are Christmassy that we cannot do this year. Uh, so we're 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 in a we're in an ideas percolation period. From uh, a COVID like, perspective, like, is that what you're saying? No, no, it's not not just a COVID perspective. Just like it's cold. Just like transport links are a little bit shit at the moment. There's oh right, because everything has exploded. Yes, 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 yes. yes. How's that Brexit going, Rob? Oh, uh, we've it's, it means sure means Brexit. <laughs> 
uh, delightful. Uh, things are also bad here, so don't worry about it. You're not you're not alone. You're in great company. Of everything here is slowly collapsing. Um, yeah, that's just normal state of the world right now. I was saying, Laughlin, you have any have any fun Christmas plans? Uh, well, no, I got myself the best uh, Christmas gift, which is the trip I've been talking about. Right, right, right. Yeah, but apart from that, no, no, not really, no. I'm uh, I'm taking time off, and I'm vibing. Uh, I'm going to vibe. I'm also, I still have a lot of boxes from when I moved in that are just here that are containing stuff. And I want to I wanna get those broken down and not in my face anymore. Hey. Um, that's good. So that's good. That's good. Also, uh, I'm going to be careful about what I say here. But um, turns out uh, it was a good thing that I masked during my trip. Whenever I was not in the open air, uh, other people that I know uh, got sick, and I did not get sick. So let me tell you, from personal experience, hey, everybody, uh, if you're not in an open air environment, uh, maybe mask up if you're going to be around people. Consider a mask. Consider a mask is what i The pandemic is not over. Who would have thought? Yeah, and that uh, when you're around a bunch of people, uh, sometimes diseases spread. So, uh, especially things like on on flights, when you are locked in a tube with people <laughs> all coughing on each other. <clears throat> Alrighty, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, SoundCloud.com forward slash Rob D. Webster. For his latest Christmas EP, um, Taste It, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Uh, and then, uh, Laughlin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, probably on Instagram. It's at Bethlin. Thanks. Check out her cats and also food and also sailing. Yes. Uh, and if you want to see what I do, head over to rambruner.com. I'm going to work on a post where I'm putting together uh, a, a shorter, uh, like a, a, a list, a group of pictures that one, do not contain my coworkers in them, and two, <laughs> um, are fewer of the fewer pictures for easier consumption. And I'll, I will probably post that on grandbruner.com. So check that out for the weekly roar. I'm Graham Bruner. I'm Rob Webster. That's Laughlin. Have a good one. Shop back on